0: Doing a second mic check this time. Remembering that things turned out well. The last time I cushioned this bitch with Fluffy Vest. Trademark. Fluffy Vest. Favored by Gorilla Sound Engineers in Starkville and across southern Colorado. <laughs>
1: To not being able to pay for the rental, Or even a bill from the debt on the house. That for your medal, I've been through hard times too. The situation man I bring the hard rhymes through. That's why I'm all time too. Half past despicable. Last man to bring it through. Fast rap a critical stats, analytical
0: slap. Hey, we did it. We made it. It's January 2024, which means if you're hearing this, that means we have both survived Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Or as I like to call it. America's triple crown of suicidal ideation. I'm not being snarky. I'm glad you're here. We did it. What do we have to look forward to? Well, the first episode of the year for Breakup Gaming Society. It's a little too late, but I was doing what I can. Board games, booze, hip-hop. That's what we do. The board game in question is going to be a blog post I wrote journaling my efforts to learn Thunderbolt Apache leader. A solo Highly crunchy, with a lot of steps and a lot of pieces. War Game by Verson Games. Uh, this, I'm basically just going to be reading the blog post, which you should have read by now, but now I'm going to read it to you because you were too lazy and you were a big dumb baby. But that's going to come after Drink of the Week. This is where I continue my several-episode cinnamon whiskey experimentation notes. And here was the question. The hypothesis was what happens if i buy an even cheaper handle of of whiskey to infuse with uh with peppers and cinnamon than i did the first time the first time i used tin cup now we're going to find out what happens when you use jim beam instead we're going to report on that then the game i'm out of order then we're going to do a fun track by, by a handsome boy modeling school which was of course the the collaboration between the legends, DJ Prince Paul, and Dan the Automator. There you go. Why waste any time? Here comes Drink of the Week.
1: Spitting, writing,
0: hey, it's Drink of the Week, Breakup Gaming Society, as promised. So, I've made no secret of the joy and satisfaction that infusing my own cinnamon whiskey at home has brought me this. So, you know, situations being what they are, the question was, would a cheaper whiskey take to that cinnamon stick and that dried Arbol chili and being, you know, stuck in a jar and tightened up and basically left there for three to five days. What happens? Is it, is it as good? Because man, I have to tell you, uh, uh, this is gonna be, this gonna be the, the the interesting touch to see exactly how transformational infusing stuff is because I will drink ten cups straight happily. I will not drink Beam straight. I mean, according to me and others who I will generously call volume drinkers, Beam really doesn't cut it neat or on the rocks. It's too sweet. Doesn't have the depth. It's fine as a mixer, although I am known to knock back some Devil's Cut by itself. Uh, Those few extra dollars and whatever they allegedly squeeze out of the cask walls seem to put it over the good-enough-to-drink-straight threshold. But I wanted to see, okay, same peppers, same amount of liquid, same amount of time. Did it overcome Beam's obvious deficiencies? And it did. It turned it drinkable. And I also... If you do go over to a Breakup Gaming Society on TikTok, one night I got all happy and I ad-libbed myself a little hot toddy recipe. You can see it on there: cinnamon beam that you make yourself, and uh, some honey, Earl Grey tea, and a whole clove. In your business, I—it uh, was—it was delightful. It was just what I needed for a cold, boring night, and it might be just what you need too. But so far, what it seems like is um. That the heat and the spice of the cinnamon and the arbol, it saves beam. It, it was probably, you know, what still probably wasn't as good as the tin cup infusion, but it turns beam into a straight drinkable thing, which, as you know, is important for the creative, isolated, and budget-minded alcoholic. Now, enough of that. Let's get into some thrilling close air support action with Thunderbolt Apache Leader in Game of the Week, coming up next. So what I am going to read you now is the third entry of a series of blog posts I'm doing called Thunderbolt Apache Leader, uh, a hapless squadron leader's journal or a hapless commander's journal. And um, this is number three. There's probably going to be one more because. Uh, and I finally finished my first playthrough, which took weeks, (laughs) because it was hard and I'm lazy. I'm probably going to recap it all. It'll probably end up being a quartet, but this is number three, so, you know, how about I just read it to you? Good? I can can hear you nodding in agreement out there. Learning Thunderbolt Apache Leader, A Hapless Commander's Journal, Part 3. Mohawk's inaugural high-altitude pass in his F-16 resulted in a cratered enemy AAA unit. That guided 1,000-pound GBU-16 is a hell of a drug. Then rookie mistakes set in. Mohawk wasted a cluster bomb trying to take out two tanks. Then I blithely ended his movement right in the sights of an enemy chopper, which would have shot him down had I not equipped the bird with an ECM unit. That's electronic countermeasures for you rookies. Mohawk chuckled his way through several attempts at reprisal. Thor swooped in with his A-10s cannons to shred the chopper soon after. All this time, Grandpa was tasked with hunting a pair of command units, one of which he eliminated with a tidy volley of hellfires. But owing to more neophyte sloppiness in the commander's chair, that's me. I've also exposed the craft to costly potshots from another enemy chopper and an AA unit. Thor and Grandpa have accumulated stress points and taken hits to their pylons, which compromise the amount of effective weight they can carry in ordnance. This matters less to Thor, who still has a Walmart distribution center worth of boom-boom slung under the wings of the A-10, but Grandpa's little Cobra only has two big-punch munitions left, and his cannon efficacy isn't good enough to bank Precious attack turns on. As I age the more painful the gap between complexity and desire becomes. Bouncing around between three different applications and four different source docs to harvest some sliver of capital B boring out of fifteen shards of capital B boring for some boring ass project makes my mind claw for elsewhere like a mouse trying not to drown in a jar. But last night, driven by the building tickle of finally feeling all the game's information and steps start to gel. I fought through it until I got into something resembling a flow. I was doing stuff wrong. Line of sight, figuring out who can shoot and who, who can shoot who, and when and with what. still had me bouncing back and forth between the rulebook and board game geek forums every few minutes. But the mound of stats and chips was starting to take the shape of a game. And now I'm hungry and I want more. I'm finally feeling the thrill the quiet pride and accomplishment of figuring it out. Building odd monuments with a single viewing chair and a protean gallery of your own learning experiences is one of the things you learn to treasure as a solo gamer. I believe these little triumphs and insights enrich the inner life. So day two of the mission looms and per the restrictions of the rapid deployment scenario I drew I can't switch any pilots out. Just to see how it goes I'm going to split my trio of fliers into two separate groups and see if I can effectively harass two enemy battalions. My expectations for this experiment are low. Grandpa was a mess after day one. He's one more hit from crashing after failing a ridge evasion check that put his stress levels close to the unfit range. Also, now there's a munition shortage for this turn. So I'm trying to find a few missiles he can fire off while hovering and hopefully exit before he gets shot down which almost feels like an inevitability. Mohawk, his craft still undamaged, will be hunting the rest of the hexes versus an assault battalion, while Thor, whose stress levels have also crept up dangerously, is heading after a separate target to see what he can get away with. There's one quibble here. I think I'm going to ignore the step where the rules say to strip damage and stress counters off of the pilot and craft cars, then log them all on the sheet during the bookkeeping steps. Why not just track them with the counters on the cards? It's a better dashboard for me. Maybe this doesn't work when you have bigger squadrons and more stuff to track, but it feels like an efficient workaround for now. There you go. That was part three of my hapless commander's journal. There's going to be one more where I sort of uh, tell you what happened for the rest of the mission. It was a compressed a lot of the missions are longer and you have they get to buy bigger squadrons this was a rapid deployment one so uh, i got very limited points to buy stuff and only four days to fly all the sorties i could so i'm going to recap it all in an upcoming blog post thank you for listening let's not waste any time let's get on to track of the week
1: it's all serious biz no time remains for the cattle you spitting in this what the f-
0: So sometimes I get wrapped around the axle trying to pick out a track for you because I want it to be devastatingly brilliant in every facet. But sometimes this obvious little trinket surfaces to the top and I'm just like, yeah, this is going to be track of the week. It's Modeling Sucks by Handsome Boy Modeling School, which was a collaboration of Dan the Automator and Prince Paul. (laughs) And I just like it. it. It's not much more than a An interstitial track In between more ambitious things They did elsewhere on the album But I just find it so satisfying And funny to listen to It's a real basic beat With um, a big uh, Classic Classical sample hooked, Hooked over it And I guess One or both of these guys Must have loved the old Fox sitcom Get a Life Starring comedian Chris Elliott Who's a you know about a an energetic but not-too-bright slacker who lives in a room over his parents' garage. And one of the episodes was about handsome boy modeling school. Where he sends off to—he uh, thinks he's going to be a, a star model. And Prince Paul and Dan the Ottoman—Dan Dan the Ottoman—Dan <laughs> the Ottoman brought down the walls of Byzantine. What am I talking about? No, Dan the Automator, they must have got a big kick out of this show, too, because the whole album is studded with vocal samples of Chris Elliott doing uh, scenes, and I've probably listened to this track 40 or 50 times in the last week. I don't know why. It's just satisfying. And and the snippets they use of Chris Elliott uh, expressing his disillusionment with being a male model and basically you know, getting scammed by a a a fly by night vocational school. It's funny. It makes me laugh. I don't know what's going on in January, but it's just what I needed. So I'm just going to play you the beginning of it and, you know, probably the it's only a 2-minute song, but uh it's just one of the several gems where uh they just trust the simple comedic juxtaposition of the classical sample <laughs> and and the, these vocal samples. There's not much to it, but it's what's doing it for me. I'm in an odd mood, so here we go. A selection of Modeling Sucks by Handsome Boy Modeling School. Modeling just sucks. Modeling just sucks. take off my top. You know, I've just about said everything I came here to say for this episode. So I just, you know, if if you get any brochures for modeling schools, ignore them or, you know, you're going to, you're going to end up sounding like Chris Elliott did on that track. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening until next time. May you fight long and well.